violent agreement. I heard this phrase for the first time when I was working up in Canada, and perhaps you've been in a meeting like this. Here's how it works. Two hotheads come and walk into a meeting. That's all they want to do is talk or more accurately yell, and listening is nowhere to be found on their radar screen. As the meeting goes on, you realize that even though both of these people are really going at each other, they are actually agreeing with each other, both suggesting the same idea, sharing the same goal. So at some point, someone just has to interject and calmly point out the obvious. You're both saying the same thing. There's a moment of awkward silence as another person says, well, since we're all on the same page, let's just go ahead and do that. And after the momentary confusion of the whole debacle, you move on to the next item on the agenda. That seems to be what's going on in today's gospel. Two parties after the same thing. Here's the backstory. John the baptizer is sitting in prison and is starting to get word of all the glorious miracles Jesus is performing, Messiah-level miracles, and is thoroughly impressed by his teaching and his wisdom. He sends out a group of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? So out goes this group of people, people who looked around at everything that was going on in the world and yearned for deliverance, a group of people who piously fasted so that their bodies, hearts, and minds might be prepared to encounter their Savior, to see, is this Jesus the one whom they were expecting? Well, they find him surrounded by a ragtag group of people filled with the joy of the good news tax collectors and sinners alike celebrating that the Messiah, the one who would set them free, is in fact here. And for that, they were filled with joy, rejoicing that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, eating and drinking and being merry. Both groups yearned for the Savior, yet they couldn't have looked any different. One group, a somber and austere collection of devout fasters, and the other, well, a gluttonous and drunk assembly of tax collectors and sinners. And the critical and judgy crowd was eating this whole encounter right up. They were loving every moment of laughing at these two utterly incompatible factions of followers. Those who were pious and who prepared for the Messiah, and those who drew near to the good news and couldn't help but to celebrate. The rigid crowd seems to have been upset that both groups had found the anointed one, that both were welcomed to the kingdom. So Jesus calls out the crowd. John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, 
a friend of tax collectors and sinners. They were so upset that both had been drawn to Jesus, each in their own way. But perhaps chiefly they were upset that they hadn't been drawn to the Messiah in the way that the crowd thought that they had been, should have been drawn, the tried and true way that had always worked for them. In this prideful state, they were unable to see the true joy that they had an encounter with the Messiah, the one who would save them, and that if they just opened their heart a little wider, they too could have that encounter. Christ simply says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There are no qualifications or stipulations when Christ says, come to me. No fine print, no terms and conditions. Instead, a radical invitation to all who need refreshment. Those who are weary and carrying the heavy burdens of life. And to them, Christ offers a divine promise. I will give you rest and so much more. The beauty of this kingdom which welcomes all and which rejoices that any arrive, no matter where they came from and how they got there, might be best summed up beautifully by the Easter sermon of St. John Chrysostom. Are there any who are devout lovers of God? Let them rejoice the joy of their Lord. Are there any weary with fasting? Let them now receive their wages. If any have toiled from the first hour, let them receive their due reward. And if any who arrived at the 11th hour, let them not be afraid. For the Lord is gracious and receives the last even as the first. He gives rest to them as well as to those who toiled from the first. First and last alike receive their reward, rich and poor rejoice together. Sober and slothful celebrate this day. You that kept the fast and you that have not rejoice for the table is richly laden. Let no one go away hungry, partake all of the cup of faith. Enjoy the riches of his goodness. Let no one fear death, for the death of our Savior has set us free. Christ destroyed it by enduring it. He destroyed hell when he descended into it, and it was put in an uproar as it tasted his flesh. It was in an uproar because it was done away with. Hell took a body and discovered God. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took what it saw and it was overcome by what it did not see. O death, where is thy sting? O hell, where is thy victory? Christ is risen, and death, you are annihilated. Christ is risen, and the angels rejoice. 
Christ is risen and life is liberated. The crowd that day was so focused on critiquing how they found Christ that they missed the most important part of it all, that they found Christ. First or last, rich or poor, those who fasted and even those who were gluttons, they found their savior. Their life was liberated. And for that, angels rejoiced. So come to him, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and Christ will refresh you, no matter how you found him.